This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Happy New Year, Vikings fans. This is Vikings Vent Line, New Year's Eve edition. Maya Mackey's got some takes, by the way, as you can see. Just absolutely not happy with the way the Vikings perform tonight. This is Vikings Vent Line. On the Purple Daily YouTube channel, the most fan-friendly, interactive, and on nights like tonight, therapeutic show in all of Minnesota sports. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolged from U.S. Bank Stadium, Declan Goff, all of this presented by Quick Trip and others, and we'll talk about those great partners. But um, if you want to get on the show here and celebrate New Year's Eve, or if you want some Vikings therapy, you can email us at vikingsventline at gmail.com. We'll try to get to as many of you as we can in the next hour or so, and then let you go on. and. Ring in the new year. Maybe 2024 will bring fewer turnovers, more quarterback stability, maybe uh, more wins for the Vikings. They do still have a slight chance to make the playoffs, and we can talk about that too. But uh, yeah, we're going to uh, open it up to fans here shortly. Gentlemen, happy new year to you guys. Happy holidays. We don't have to let a Vikings performance, you know, ruin our entire night here. We can talk about the whole thing. Happy New Year. Same to you guys. Yeah, um, definitely. It was it was um, the, a very raucous atmosphere tonight, and it was it should have been tons of fun. And Packer fans and Vikings fans converged for what we hope would be a very competitive, fun football game. And unfortunately, the home team really didn't allow that to happen. So, but yes, it was uh, uh, it was a fun night as far as at, at least the festival. Activities, including before the game when Kirk blew the Gallahorn without a shirt on, which was actually probably the biggest, probably the biggest roar that we got all night was Kirk O'Chains. Yeah, that was easily the highlight of the game. That was the highlight for the last three days. I've been like just sucking down Theraflu for the last three days, so uh, I was I can't even drink. I could even drink to watch that game or drink away my sorrows. And I thought that Kirk Cousins with his son doing the Gallahorn, I thought that was going to be like oh. I'm kind of, I'm really excited now. This could actually be a really exciting moment for the Vikings fans. And that turned out to be the most exciting moment by far of the game. Cause that was just an absolute dud to close out 2023. I think he won me over with that. Finally, you know, <laughs> just like, like six years of criticism, five years of criticism to get out there, put the chains on, take the shirt off, bring the kid out there shirtless, 65, 70,000 fans. I'm a blank check, lifetime extension, whatever he wants after, after doing that here. Um, let's just, let's just start with some fans here, Declan, and uh, it'll give Judd some time for fans and media to clear out. So the, the ambience is quieter and we can give our takes throughout this, but who wants to lead us off on the new year's Eve edition of Vikings vent line? Uh, let's go to Will here. Start. Hey, Will, what's up, man? Hey guys, how you doing? 
Hey, man. Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, if you remember, I'm, I'm here with my uh, cousin, Steve. He's the one who I could uh, uh, perennially blame for the fact that I'm a uh, Viking fan of 43 years and I have to suffer through this uh, mess. That bastard, um, Steve. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. He's, he's, he's the one to blame. Uh, two thoughts. One, that this was a, a, a big clutch loss for us. We, we have a chance to get into that top 10. Uh, looking forward to possibly having a chance to trade up and finally correcting the uh, problem that we've had at quarterback for all these uh, years. Hopefully we'll be able to do that. We got one more, one more, hopefully that we'll be able to uh, uh, remain clutch next week and, uh, and, and come through with another L. Now, Will, um, some, some people, as I found out on the internet earlier today, some people would call you a bad fan for rooting against the Vikings tonight. I just want you to know that. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. They, I think they're 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 sipping too much of the uh, the uh, uh, me- the mediocrity Kool Aid. I think they 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 buy into that a little, little bit too much. I I would say that if, uh, fans like Steve and I are the real fans who are willing to sit through, you know, the muck of a losing season or two or three or whatever it takes to finally get that difference maker at quarterback. That's who you really need here. We want a Super Bowl, and we're willing to suffer however long it takes in order to get there. Yeah. Um, and, and I would just say this to end my thoughts. Uh, the, one of the thing I thought today was here's the Bears, by the way, out there or what a game behind us. They tore it down. They did what was necessary to do in order to put themselves in prime position to get some difference makers and to have a good future here while we're grasping on to every win and we can never back up and look where we're at they're, they're, They could have the same record you know, as us at the end of the day. How pathetic is that? I mean, it's, it, it might be likely that Bears team that's won, I think they've won four out of five, and they're playing the Packers, and they're trying to finish strong. The Packers are trying to make the playoffs. So that's actually going to be a really interesting game. And the Vikings yeah. go at Detroit, and Detroit still has the number one seed to play for. But, you know, we, we, love, to, we love to make fun of the Bears around here, right? Train wreck franchise. Well, we love to do the our quarterback is better than their cesspool of quarterbacks thing. No but more. If, if at the end of the year both those teams are 7-10, and 10, now, when Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs and Jaron Hall are starting all the games, but they had Justin Fields starting all their games. And then some other, sure. who was the other guy? Like the uh, Badgett, the D2 Tyson quarterback. Yep. Who almost so, beat us at the end of that game, by the way. He came real close to throwing that pass. Yeah. Yeah. So they all have something to look forward to. And us, we have we have another another 500 season maybe ahead of us next year, if not worse. So, you know, yeah. they, they got to learn. Our people never learn. The Wills, you know, unfortunately, they 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 want to be like the uh, the Giants and the Steelers. We're all going to be five hundred or less together, unfortunately, because the way it goes. So, Will, Keep thank you guys. for thank you for kicking us off here. Happy New Year to you. I love his love his take on mediocre Kool Aid. It's almost like you just put the half sugar amount that like you're supposed to put in the full cup amount of sugar, like in the Kool Aid, and instead <laughs> it's just like, oh, but I've been drinking this half sweetened Kool Aid for life. But what if we just put another half cup in there? It could be an actually full cup of Kool-Aid and not yeah. this half sugar cup. Well, I think, too, and something for, for, you know, as we go through and bring Vikings fans on here, I'm just curious, what were you rooting for tonight? Because I've heard from a lot of people that if you, were, if you root for anything other than a three-hour sugar high, a win today, then you are a bad fan. And my comeback to that is, first of all, let's stop fan-shaming people. You can be a diehard fan and and see the big picture. And maybe, maybe what you want is a Super Bowl in two years. And you think the path to get there is to draft the best edge rusher ninth or to have the 10th overall pick. And you're closer to moving up with less draft capital, right? Like 
this fan shaming thing where you're a you're a bad fan if you wanted the Vikings to take a step back at the end of an injury riddled four quarterback derailment season. Like, let's stop with that, okay? And no, but those aren't those are fans that are of a different ilk. But they're of a different ilk. They 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 consume a different, let's say, media landscape. So like they're always they don't understand how teams are built, and so they're they're just like if you're rooting for the Vikings to lose to the Packers, you are a terrible human being. It's like, okay, that's fine to say, but do you understand how teams are built? And they they don't like their life revolves. around being unnecessarily positive about things that aren't. Um, but tonight was concerning. Uh, um, there was there were certain guys, yes, there were guys out, and I get that. But, man, there was a, there was a give up that I saw at some points where I was like this, especially defensively, where I was not impressed. Like, you're playing the Packers. You've got to at least – and look, you're going to lose. I get that. But um, this reminded me of the 2006 finale, if you guys recall, against the Rams when they just rolled over. And that was worse than this. But this was uh, – this you was thought, a little... you, you thought they gave up on defense? The defense? Or do you thought they just got out-schemed and had – I thought they were personnel all over the place. I thought they were absolutely atrocious, and I thought the effort lacked badly. Yes, I don't think a, that because I mean, that's a because I mean that's a damning thing to say about oh, yeah. Kevin O'Connell, Brian Flores. Yeah. I yeah. disagree with you, by the way. I don't think they quit. I just think at, at, at the end of the day, like Flores has been taping this thing together. But that's with, the thing with. He, he literally made up a scheme, and it took three months, and now opposing but, teams are like, okay, we can actually figure this out now. Yeah, and the problem is it got exposed, and then they didn't really adjust, and I saw a lot of guys that didn't. There you, there was just a, there was a lot to digest here tonight, and I think there needs to be a long conversation in that room about a level of pride I didn't see. And, yes, your quarterback it was – I mean, the quarterback thing is just atrocious. But, again, the head coach didn't help things. Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson can catch short passes and make plays, and he will not allow that to happen. It, does seem, to like he, he, it does seem like he – and he even said it last week before Nick Mullins made the start. Like, he, he was interviewed by – I think it was NFL, I think it was Tom Pelissero. And he said, you know, Mullins gives us the best chance to run the offense like Kirk does. It's like, well – yeah, maybe well, maybe you should run the offense how Jaron Hall needs it to be run. But at the end of the day, too, we're talking about guys that aren't starting caliber quarterbacks. So absolutely, absolutely. But you're talking about the coach and his philosophy and how he does things. And and, and the most important thing is, coach. And this drives me crazy. Lafleur has this problem too. All of these guys have the same problem. They all want to show you how smart they are. They never want to manage the game themselves. These are games that have to be managed very closely. And what really pissed me off is in the third quarter, Mullins goes in and he finally throws a screen and it works. Where's that been? Yeah, they, you know? they've only run like nine screens since week. Yeah, we three talked about this. But I mean, that that gets to me because that's like that's an inability to understand the situation that you're in. It has nothing to do with like I could call plays. It has to do with why aren't you putting these people in a position to succeed more? Yeah. Let's keep it rocking here. A New Year's Eve edition of Vikings Eventline, Purple Daily YouTube channel. Let's go to Amanda next. Hey, Amanda, what's going on? Hi, guys. Happy New Year. You too, Amanda. Um, so a couple things. Uh, first of all, yeah, tonight really sucked. <laughs> um, one of the worst Packer Viking losses, you know, the 
in a while, I think, even though I, you know, there was last year too. Um, but a couple things. Um, I, um, okay, I forgot one of them. No, you're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. I know you're frustrated. You're frustrated. Your yeah, blood is boiling right I now. Am. You just saw the Vikings. I think I think someone said that's the biggest lead at one point the Packers have had in Minnesota since mm-hmm. 1984. Wow. Is what the NBC broadcast said. And it was okay. Wade Wilson against not Tom Zach. Len Dickey. Len Dickey. Yes. Len Dickey. Len Dickey. Len Dickey. Yeah. Yes. Way before my time. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm 35, so <laughs> um but I did, I did pose a uh, pose a question on um, fan uh, feedback to you last week, uh, Phil. But you were out last week, so uh, probably didn't get seen. But I um, I noticed that last week. I feel like the fans at the Lions game um, were a little, um, you know, a little more patient um because of our you know of our situation um and i i'm at that point too i've been at that point ever since like the Bengals game you know where you know okay we're on our fourth quarterback you know things are just they're gonna be the way they are you know because of that and i i hope the fans you know most fans realize that and um oh the one thing i remember what i was gonna say is going to be the first time in a while that we've had you know a losing season and um you know so we've been we've been some winning seasons lately so i'm okay with it for now and if we get a higher draft pick because of it um, I'm not sure if we win next week what that draft pick would be at. But yeah, actually, I have an update on that. And thank you, Amanda, for jumping on the show here. So the Vikings right now, I have tankathon.com open here, gentlemen. This was a glorious day. If you were rooting for the Vikings to climb up the tankathon draft order standings, okay? The Vikings started the day, I think, with the 16th overall pick. Maybe it was 15, 15 or 16, somewhere in there. And they jump now to 12th overall with a chance to get as high, I believe, as 8th or ninth if they lose to the Lions and some other things happen, okay? So I get it. We're not, it's a, it's, you're a bad fan if you're rooting for a loss here. At this point, they need like five things to happen to get to the playoffs. Even if those five things happen and they get in, what's going to happen? Like, they're not, what are they going to run? Nick Mullins out there for three road games. He's going to, is he going to buzzsaw through Dallas and San Francisco and, get to the Super Bowl? No. So let's root for some long-term gain here. Okay, would it be the worst thing in the world? I don't want, like, to Judd's point, I don't want to see quit. I don't want to see this team lay down and and burn the culture and, you know, give up. Like, I don't want to see that. But just, you know, go out there, show a little pride, take a loss, and get the 10th overall pick and be within striking distance of the next quarterback, of the next elite edge rusher. It's This is these, this was a great night, potentially, for the long-term of Vikings football. The Lions are going to be so pissed off too. They should want to kick your ass. 
after what transpired in Dallas. And, yeah. and Dan Campbell had made it very clear going into like two weeks ago. I ain't resting guys, right? Because he's Dan Campbell. So like this does, this is not going to be any type of, you know, Detroit starting backups. So this is an ideal situation if you desire a loss because first of all, Detroit's pissed off, rightfully so probably because of the loss to the Cowboys and how that game came to an end. But yeah, I think this, this sets up pretty well for a, you know, for at least a, if not resounding defeat, for a defeat that is not in question. Yeah. All right. Who's next, Declan? Let's go to uh, Anders, who's just leaving the game. Anders, what's up, man? You got us okay? Hey, guys. How's it going? Can you hear me? Hey, man. Yeah. So, first of all, just one before I die. Hey, dude, thanks for supporting great, the brand. Great. Thank you, guys. You. My, my thoughts uh, being at that game were the Packers fans were loud. Whenever they scored, it sounded louder than any of the Vikings celebrations at the game today. And for good reason. I think I think friend of the show, Kevin O'Connell, has been listening to a little bit too much Purple Daily. Nothing against you guys, but I think the team came prepared to lose. They didn't seem like they wanted it at all. Not complaining necessarily, because what are we going to do in the playoffs with quarterback XYZ? But it, it led me to question how... How how badly we wanted it. I mean, maybe. And Anders, thanks for jumping in from the stadium. We love when when people literally walk out of the stadium and, and come on Vikings Vent Line. You know, so, something Alex Boone has talked about from a player's perspective on this show for the last two or three years is, and this is despite the fact that we obviously have criticisms of how far Cousins can take this team, but nobody on this show, I don't think anybody watching or listening right now, anyone commenting, I don't think anyone would disagree that Kirk Cousins is a professional NFL quarterback. One of the top, in any given year, one of the top 9 to 15 quarterbacks in the world, right? He can run an offense. He throws on time. He's accurate. He can run a play action in rhythm, get it down the field, right? When you have someone that you know is a professional at the most important position, everyone the the timing works the, the the confidence in the huddle you break the huddle you know what you're doing cadence everything the quarterbacks they've been running out and i want i wanted to see jared hall i'll raise my hand i said i don't really care about wins and losses these last two or three weeks they're not going anywhere anyways I, one half of jared hall was all we needed to know that he's not ready to run an nfl offense he's just he's just not but nick mullins is out there too just like five interceptable passes every half it feels like and, and making some of the dumbest decisions when in the grasp in the pocket that we've ever seen a Vikings quarterback make. You think everything around that chaos is going to operate at full strength? So, like, when we talk about quitting or we talk about all the other stuff that's sort of going wrong, when you take out one of the top 10 to 15 quarterbacks in the world and replace that guy with journeymen who don't know the playbook, who are out there throwing interceptions every other play, or our fifth-round rookies that just got here like nine months ago, of course things are going to look different and odd, and guys are going to get frustrated. But they're supposed to be far more prepared to play than these three are. I find it interesting that that the coach had issues with not one, not two, but three QBs for the same exact reason. He rarely was able to adjust himself to get what he 
wanted to. I thought the quit tonight was far more, though, on the defensive side of the ball. I thought the quit was I, – I thought that they really, really – when things st- started to, to go wrong – I mean, Jordan Love made some bad plays. Jordan Love made some o- – Overthrew. I mean, dude, you're saying you quit, you quit. Like you can't just. I mean, that's a super powerful thing to say. You're saying this team. I wanted to see more. Brian Flores and Kevin O'Connell. I wanted to see way more. I wanted to see way more. Yes, defensively. Like, why do you? But like, there's a difference between you want to see more, which we all did, and you are. This is like the fourth time you've said quit. Yeah, they. they What did you see that led you to believe that they quit tonight? Oh my God! Defensively, there were plays to be made there. They didn't okay, make them. Judd, they didn't plays care. To be Phil. made doesn't equal quit. <laughs> Phil, you're defending. You're defending something that's not defendable. No, they, I'm poking at the word just, quit. That's a that's an aggressive word. Okay, but I, it's supposed to be aggressive. That's the problem with this entire town. Your whole point about people that don't get it is because we we soft pedal around the truth. This defense tonight was atrociously bad, and they didn't help themselves. And on O'Connell, there's a fault here, too. We can't just get over the fact that three quarterbacks all failed miserably. If it was just Hall, I'd be like, you know what? Fifth round pick. Dobbs, Mullins, Hall, all failed. That can't just be like, well, it's too bad. Okay, they're not Kirk. I get that. But you got to get more. The coaching staff has not done a good job. Well, 95% of people in the comments agree with Judd that this team apparently quit tonight. So the defense did. The, the, I, will, the, the, I will stand down. Apparently the, the Vikings has to do quit on Kevin more. O'Connell and Brian Flores tonight. Fire, I, should I, they be fired? I think quit is too strong of a word to suggest the players quit, if that's what's being said here, because the defense sucked tonight. Like it, and it, to be honest, it has, it has sucked for the last seven quarters. My, my hot take last Monday was I don't trust this defense. They just got torched by Jordan Love. They've other teams have figured out this defense. They haven't made the proper adjustments since whether they got into the playoffs and they won tonight, whether they still sneak in some miraculous fashion next week. I don't trust this defense can make any type of stop, but I think to suggest that these players offense and defense have quit on their coaching staff. Yeah. I would say that's a pretty big accusation. Cause it's something you would say about like the Washington commanders and Ron Rivera, like that, like that's quitting for sure. Those dudes are not responding on a week to week basis. This Green Bay offense is not good enough to have not played far superior. And as things started to go wrong, I think they quit tonight. Yes. The offense, I don't think quit. I think the offense has issues, though, that Kevin O'Connell was exposed in different ways. But I don't think that they quit. I think that they were exposed. Yeah. And and by the way, I keep, I'm I mean, I'm just looking at the comments. Ninety five to ninety nine percent of people agree with Judd here that the Vikings quit. That's not I saw. I saw a team get their ass kicked. But there, but to me, again, to me, there's a difference between getting your ass kicked and blowing coverages and just having personnel that's not elite. They don't have a bunch of pro bowlers on defense. Brian Flores has taped that thing together for four months. Okay, but those There's a difference between the, that and those are the same thing on your coach. But those were the same safeties. They were the same safeties. There's no there's no safety hurt. And they played atrocious football. I'm and I'm not going to say, well, that's too bad. You got your ass kicked by the Green Bay Packers. It's your biggest rival. Have some damn pride. 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Let's uh, keep rocking here on Vikings Ventline. All right, let's go to Fitz next year. Hey, Fitz, you got us okay? Yeah, I got you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you, Fitz. Yes. All right, I want to throw it back a little bit to some brighter times here. AP and Brett Favre, shout out to them. Man, it was a heck of a season. Brighter times yeah, for, uh, brighter for, times. For, for a couple months anyways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for the inevitable heartbreak. Um what what is your guys' thoughts? I don't want to hyperfixate necessarily on what's wrong, but we know the season's over. It's been over for a while, ever since Kirk got hurt. It's a pipe dream that we can throw in Tim, Joe, Bob, whoever at quarterback. I'm just throwing out names and make a run. We've got too much talent on offense. I think we've got a couple pieces on defense. But what do you guys personally want to see happen in order to get this team moving in the right direction to inevitably win a Super Bowl before we die. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great big picture question, Judd. I I personally would like to see them draft a quarterback. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to re-sign Kirk, and and I think because of the fact they're going to sign Kirk, and, and, and I mean, here, here's the thing. Kirk made more by not playing than he did by playing. And so I think they're going – to re-sign Kirk, I think Justin Jefferson obviously gets an extension. I think because of that, Hunter walks, and I think that they end up, e- even with a top 10 pick, drafting a defensive player in the first round. That is not my preference, though. I think it's time. I think it's time to accept the fact that you might have to take a little bit of a step back, and I would love to see them draft a quarterback. I now don't think they're going to, but that's just my opinion. So I would start with, because you got to have the Cousins conversation first, because it's a it's a financial domino that you just, you have to figure out first. And Daniil Hunter, those are sort of two conversations. I'd re-sign Daniil Hunter because you didn't trade him. I can't let, I can't let him walk for nothing, basically for a comp pick in 2025. So now if he wants to go sign with Jacksonville or somebody else, he's a free agent, man. He can go do whatever he wants to, but I, I do try to bring Daniil Hunter back on like a two or three year contract for big, you know, top eight money at his position. If he wants to come back, I go to Kirk Cousins and I say, listen, okay, we want you back. Obviously, we don't have anyone else in-house right now that can come in and win football games for us. We're not really looking to be a bottom-feeding team in 2024. We have too much talent that we're paying here. So we want you back, but it can't be top of the market. So let's, let's, let's work together here, Kirk. Two years, $60 million per the uh, Pro Football Focus projection a couple weeks ago. And then you guarantee like the first year. So you, you hop back on the Kirk Cousins wagon, but it's for he he becomes like the 17th or 18th highest paid quarterback, $25 million less than the top quarterbacks. So it's 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 a team friendly deal, and you can get out after the first year. If he says no, I'm done. So I have that conversation early. Here's my team friendly proposal. You're still gonna make a lot of money. You've made a quarter of a billion dollars playing football in your life. Here's 30 more million dollars. Do you want it? If he says no, have fun in Atlanta, Kirk, have fun in Pittsburgh, wherever you're going to go. Regardless of what Kirk says to my offer, I'm drafting a quarterback in the first round. 
especially if I'm getting a top 10 or 12 pick. Because now if I'm sitting at 22, I'm kind of at the mercy of like, if four quarterbacks go in the top 10, I don't know, like, am I going to trade up 12 spots for the fourth quarterback? But now that I'm at 10 or 11, I could trade up. And dude, Justin Fields was getting, he's walking off the field today. They scored like, what, 37 or 40 points? And Bears fans are chanting his name. So all of a sudden, could could the quarterbacks, could they be sliding back? Could Could business be open toward the top of the draft to move up? You're just in a much better spot to move up. So I am drafting a quarterback with my 10th, 11th, or 12th pick looking to move up in the first round. Yeah, if, if, you, if you especially have the capital to do it and you're sitting between like that 12 to 10 spot, which is where they're going to be slotted to be most likely, I think the idea of drafting a quarterback is pretty enticing. And whether it, that means Kirk is back here on that two-year projected contract or not, you got to try it. And, and the fact of, well, if, if there is a quarterback available, do it, you know, but you can't just say, well, you have to draft a defensive player because you don't because you don't have any defensive players that are going to be developed next year. It depends on how the board shakes out, too. Um, really excited, honestly, to talk to Miles and Forno about this, too, this week because it's going to be a very interesting next few months here for the Vikings and where they are slotted here, which we'll know by this time next week, will also be very interesting. Yes. Hey, before we get to some more Vikings fans here on this New Year's Eve, Judd, uh, old Macadac stopped by three or four different quick trips as he was road tripping across the upper Midwest, hanging out with family between the holidays. Nothing, nothing like coming up on an exit and seeing, you know, next exit, quick trip, half mile on your right. Glorious. Always there. And, and of course, uh, your place to stop for the great Karuba coffee, your place to stop for a snack, your place to stop for a drink, a pop or something like that. And also, though, your place, and I'm sure that, that you and the gal filled up the car, a place to uh, fill up your car with quality uh, gasoline. In fact, Quick Trip is backing every drop of gasoline with what they're calling the quality gas guarantee. That um, get to your destination without being concerned about what's in your tank, which is absolutely imperative this time of year when it starts to snow, when it gets cold, uh, when the roads get icy, and you want to know that what's in your car gasoline-wise is reliable. Well, this is just another way that Quick Trip provides great customer service. Again, Quick Trip backing every drop of gas with a quality a gasoline guarantee. So make sure your next stop is at Quick Trip. Amen. Also, a shout out to our friends at Nutrisource. I was going to bring Maya Mackey back in here, but she's literally just passed out on the floor behind me in a <laughs> Nutrisource food coma. The uh, Nutrisource chicken and rice uh, is what powers her on a daily basis. It's the official Nutrisource dog and pet food of Purple Daily and Score North, boys. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Vinny does the same thing. You know, it's been me and him the last few days, and uh, we've been ha- having a lot of fun. We've been sleeping in a little bit. He kind of likes the, that dad's been even sick to a degree because we get to sleep in a little bit longer. But that means because you've been sleeping and been such a good boy, you didn't wake up dad to go potty, that means you get your Nutrisource treat. So I appreciate Nutrisource for making us uh, a very patient boy in this house. Yes, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer like a Chuck and Don's somewhere in your vicinity. All right, who's next on this New Year's Eve edition of Vikings Vent Line? Vikings lose to the Packers in embarrassing fashion. What's going Anthony, on, what's guys? Up, man? Hey, man. Uh, from Buffalo, New York, um, I just want to say shout-out to Phil Money. Um, AG1 is key. I've been doing that for six months. Awesome. All right. Now, my thing is I knew Jaron Hall was going to be a bad, bad, bad move. So I've been watching all week, watching him prepare, watching him do – press conferences and if you watch his mannerism you can tell that he's kind of nervous and every time he's talking to the media he looks away i i knew the the, the lights were going to be too bright for this guy um 
was it a bad idea? Not necessarily, because the other QBs, they just obviously not that good, throwing tur- the turnovers and everything. I get it. They had to do a shakedown, but with the with the playoffs on the line, I don't think that was a good move. I really don't. Do you think they did it knowing what would happen? Do you think they uh, knew <laughs> Jaron Hall was the worst, least prepared option? And they were, they were looking to sort of passively tank that game. I would say yes and no. Uh, I mean, I kind of would say yeah. But I also maybe think, because um, I guess KOC probably gets a lot of heat for saying, like, you know, he doesn't pull guys. And, hey, if you do turnovers, we're going to we're going to pull guys. So I think he put his foot down. But from an operation standpoint, um, I didn't think it was a good, a good move putting in another quarterback. It was like a quarterback like carousel. Like, we just kept putting in quarterbacks. Oh, Dobbs, you screwed up. All right, now we're going to do Mullins. Mullins, you screwed up. That's just, it's just a recipe for disaster. And, um, I mean, I've been a fan for, oh, geez, I think 30 years? And this is a chaotic season, guys. Yeah, so, Anthony, thank, thanks for coming on here. I mean, part of the problem is we can sit here and debate Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins or Josh Dobbs, and at the end of the day, it's like you're not you're not exactly picking – Dan Marino circa 1984 or Peyton Manning circa 2004, right? You're just sort of picking between bad options. Who's next on Vikings event line? All right, let's go to Bo next Bo. year. Is it? And we got a puppet dog. Yeah, we got a couple puppies right here. We got Bernie. Oh, Bernie. And Luffy. Luffy. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> it's amazing. I actually got called up by you guys. Um, I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Literally have a quick trip in my backyard. Yeah. So, love to go there. Um, gosh, you know, the Vikings are not... I wish you would be doing better. <laughs> um, I think you speak for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I, we had such hopes going into the season. The one and four start... Kurt could have gone better, but then he got his Achilles. Um, just wish he could could have gone better. That's all I gotta say. Bo, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, Luffy, that's a great name for a dog. That's Bernie fantastic. Too. Bernie's yeah. a good dog name as well. I like that for a dog. Dogs are great because you you can get as creative name wise as you possibly want. Like you couldn't name your kid, I don't think, Luffy. But a dog, it's like, yeah, that's a great name for your dog. Yeah. I feel like dog names and human names are blending closer together now than ever before. Probably true. Unfortunate, I guess. Let's keep rocking here. Vikings vent line. Uh, let's go to Lenny. Lenny, what's up, man? We have a guy who looks hey, like a Viking here joining the show. Yeah. Lenny. Yeah. I know, right? It's been about, I've been growing it out since the last uh, playoff victory, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Four um, years, right? Four years? Yeah, 2000, January 2020. It's been, or 20, it's yeah. been a long time. It's been a yeah. really long time. Um, anyway, uh, listen to your guys' show a lot. I'm uh, excited to listen to the P- PDOD uh, with uh, Fornis and Miles because I, I just, you guys give a lot of insight. Um, yeah, bad game. I don't know. It's It sucks losing to the Packers. Like, I wanted to see Jaron Hall do well. You know, kind of one of those wishing wishing it's us we can draft the quarterback in the late round and he turns out to be you know just a smidgen of what you know purdy even is right now um but 
just our luck. You know, it's trying to force feed a square into a round hole with these quarterbacks. It seems like I'm, I'm on the boat where I feel like the coaching staff has got a lot to blame. And I do worry about O'Connell's ability to um, develop or just even like play to the strength of the person at quarterback, because it's just, you're going to play my scheme, my system. We're going to throw the ball. It's like, you can't be doing that. There's no, there's no slants. Like, I don't know what's wrong with this organization, but I've never seen our team ever run slants successfully ever. And I've always watched green Bay do it. I swear to God, it's like drives me crazy. Um, but I also have like a hot take that I, I always talk to my brother about um, last year. We should have sucked. It would have soothed and started the rebuild earlier. Now we're now we are in the midst of whatever the heck is going on right now. And it just it's like in peril. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what direction we're going. So but anyway, great to talk to you guys. Yeah, Lenny, thanks, thanks for coming good on. Stuff, man. Lenny. Appreciate it. Thank you. People saying Ragn- yeah, I, Ragnar, he looks like like the actual Ragnar. That's a good look, though. That's a clean look. Like it's a clean look. The head is fantastic. Um, he's he's right in in this. I mean, this all goes back to and and it's a longer discussion, but this all goes back to this idea of a competitive rebuild, which is code for we always want to try to compete, um, no matter the circumstances. But I mean, I, you guys, I don't think that's going to change. Like, I think that's the Wilfs. I think that's the Wilfs. And I think that was, um, the Wilfs mandate to Rick Spielman. I think it's the mandate to Quasi. And I don't think it changes. And that's the issue. That's the issue is what do you want? Do you want a team that consistently this time of year is still competing? Or do you want a team that you feel has a chance to make a, a run? And, you know, that is not something where where you build a team or these guys don't build a team that consistently ever feels that that way. It happens once in a while, 2017, right? Like that team felt special. But I mean, in 19, when, when they got their ass kicked by San Fran, I don't think we were shocked. Like that was the inevitable feeling of, okay, this team's gone as ab- absolutely far as it can go. But this is what you sign up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so and I, by the way, if they do wind up with, they, they haven't had that many top 10 draft picks in the last couple decades. I count six of them going yeah. back to 2000. So Bryant McKinney, Kevin Williams, Troy Williamson was a bust. I mean, Kevin Williams is, is ring of honor, right? Yep. He's in the ring yeah. of honor. Pretty sure. And, and and Troy was acquired in the Moss trade. So that wasn't because you were terrible or bad. Right. Um, and Bryant McKinney maybe didn't quite live up to the, full height, but he was a perennial pro bowler, one of the best left tackles in the NFL. Uh, Matt Khalil was one of them, too. He was he was hurt after his really good rookie season, never really got back from the knee injury. So I, don't, I wouldn't call that a, a bust in the sense of like whiffing on the pick. It was more of an injury related failure there. Then Adrian Peterson's one of the greatest yeah. running backs of all time. Mm-hmm. He's in there. I might be missing somebody. So like when they've when they've had top 10 picks. Oh, Anthony Barr was number nine overall. And he was, for the first couple of years, was really good. It was one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Then, he, I mean, he was always a serviceable, useful player. But, you right. know, they, that's the thing. It's like, if you get a top 10 pick, and this is, this is the argument that I see people having is, well, what's the difference between a top 10 pick and picking 22nd? Why would you want the Vikings to be losing these games? Well, of course, you can, you can whiff on any of these picks in any one instance. But over time, 
when you draft 10th versus 22nd, you have access to better players, the best edge rusher in the draft, maybe the second or third best quarterback in the draft. And it's a shorter trip up the board if you want to trade up five spots as opposed to 17 spots or something, right? And you get early picks in the other rounds. So now you get... You get a you get the fortieth overall pick or the forty second overall pick. So like yes. for the long term building of this team, this is not the step back that maybe we thought it was going to be when they were zero and three and weren't they one and zero and three and then one and four right? And then Kirk goes down when they were clawing back well, to five hundred. We kind of thought there's no way they're going to claw their way to eight or nine wins, and they're getting close. But and and that, but what you just said is the discussion, which, which is um, at the deadline when you weren't in great shape. If you're going to lose Hunter in free agency, we're going to look back and say, "Hold on a second here, you were so yeah. not doing well, and you had a chance to, to trade him, and you didn't trade him." So, like these are all the questions about making short-term decisions that hurt for the long-term gain Um, on on his second point. I think it's worth talking about too, because when people bring up Purdy, okay, last pick of the draft, it's a great story. Yes, he is. He is wired pretty damn well, but you know what? Kyle Shanahan has a way of putting guys he gets, including Nick Mullins in a position to succeed far more than O'Connell has consistently here. And that's where I'm curious about why you don't, you know, you know, so San Francisco, has Debo. Debo is great. Okay, but that's not the entire reason. Look at what he runs offensively for guys, too, to get them comfortable, to get them in tempo. And so, like, that's the sort of thing, that's the growth from O'Connell that I really want to see. I know you got your system. I know that you're coaching against your your friends, and you're all trying to show that your genius is. But the reality is this. When you look at Shanahan and what he does, a lot of it is to how can I get the most from this particular guy? Yep. Let's keep it rocking here. Vikings vent line, New Year's Eve edition after the loss to the Packers tonight. Dex, who do we got next? Let's go to Chandler next year. Hey, Chandler, what's up, man? Hey, happy New Year's, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, you too, Chandler. Perfect, Good Chandler. Again. Uh, just a few things uh, for you. Uh, I think we need to point out that uh, is it, I believe it's Najee Thompson, our special teams gunner. I feel like he probably had some of the most heart in this game and was the most physical and also Ty Chandler, our running back, play. he ran pretty hard. You know, he had some burst, as we've seen, um, compared to Madison. So I think those two players deserve some shout-outs, and you might end up putting them on your pie charts. Um, and uh, I, I want to know what your guys' insight is about having Kirk, uh, you know, start the skull chant. Um, I think Judd was saying that, you know, it seems like, or he feels that Kirk's probably going to get extended. Do you think having him do that maybe – lead some insight to them wanting Kirk back as a franchise or an organization. And then also I want to point out and see what you guys think about. I don't know if you saw during the game, but they showed Quasey in the booth. Uh, Kevin O'Connell seemed pretty stressed the entire game, which as Vikings fans, we all could feel that stress and we're stressed out ourselves about the game. Um, But Quasey, when he was in the booth on the camera, seemed pretty calm. Mm -hmm. And uh, didn't seem to have much of a change in his demeanor, even though the game was kind of, over at that point. So I kind of want to see what your guys' insight is and maybe if they're, uh, as a franchise, already kind of looking towards the draft in the future. Let's start with uh, great questions, Chan. Let's start with the Kirk thing. So just, I mean, on one hand, you know, it's uh, New Year's Eve. Everyone's feeling festive. They're looking for a fun way to get a cheap pop from the crowd, right? So you run Kirko chains out there and it gets a, it gets a reaction to start the game, whatever. Like, it's it's meaningless enough. On the other hand... 
if organizationally you were planning on moving on from him, would you green light him coming back in the mix? He's been out, he's been out of the picture for two months, right? He's, you know, right. he's not, I mean, he's around, but not really. Now, what, what, what did you make of that? Is it anything? Uh, you know, I think I make of it more of, of how much he's changed personnel, or at least how much he more he has allowed the fans in personality wise since O'Connell got the job. Like, I'm, for all the people that defended Kirk when Mike was his his coach, I mean, think about how he was guarded. It, it wasn't a lot of fun. Now, clearly, yeah. there was a person behind that who was fun. Um, but I think the most pleasant surprise about Kirk and and is that he has been unleashed as a human being starting with, with uh, obviously the documentary as well but i mean i guess the thing i made of that is that this sort of continues kirk being relatable and kirk being more fun but i get your point too if you were like dead set on he's not coming back do you do that probably not but i mean o'connell he hasn't hidden the, the fact and i don't think it's lip service that he wants kirk back and and look, the thing is, if we are destined to go through these type of struggles with young quarterbacks, if Kevin does not have the guy that he wants and, and it's Kirk, I mean, again, that's why I think Kirk comes back. I think because Kirk, if you look at what Kirk does in this system, and, and by the way, we're about to get hit with what well, you guys didn't believe. You guys never believed. We have sang Kirk's praises quite a bit in his time with KOC as his coach, okay? Mm-hmm. okay? So, yeah. So so before you say, well, we didn't say that, we actually did a lot. And I think that that is a relationship that definitely works. And if Kevin's not going to be more, more flexible, bringing Cousins back just in its totality, probably organizationally, makes a ton of sense to them. And, we can, and we'll expand on all this stuff throughout the week here and, and beyond. But one thing, going back to what Justin Jefferson said after the Lions game, when he, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said, you know, hopefully after watching a performance like Nick Mullins, people can appreciate Kirk Cousins more, right? Like that was a that was a thing that he said. And I get what he's saying, but how far have we moved the bar for what 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 the acceptable level of quarterback play is? Like it's it's never been Kirk Cousins or a journeyman backup. Like that's never been so I think we should be careful about wow, we've seen some career NFL backup quarterbacks and a rookie thrown into the fire fall on their face. We should appreciate Kirk Cousins more. That's never been, the the comparison has never been, is Kirk better than Nick Mullins? Is Kirk better than a fifth-round pick from BYU? It's, is Kirk at the the peak of market value being paid, you know, as he has been up until whatever his contract's going to be in March, is he good enough taking up that much of your salary cap to lead you to a Super Bowl, not just lead you to a drubbing in the first or second round of the playoffs? And now that conversation will continue for the sixth or seventh straight year in January, February, and March. Yeah, that, that that's absolutely correct. And what I think, what I'm beginning to think, though, is that because o- O'Connell from the day Kirk got hurt is not hidden the fact that he would like Kirk back is that I think O'Connell's very comfortable with Kirk. And I think Kirk is comfortable. I don't know as I, I don't know that from the quarterback to, to the coaches as comfortable as the coaches with the QB. But um, you're right. It's going to be the conversation. But I, I will say this. If they're going to draft a quarterback, if they have a top 10 pick and they're going to draft a quarterback, 
does it make sense to bring Kirk back then too? Like that, that's why I think they bring Kirk back and they draft a defensive player because I, I, you know, if you draft a quarterback and it's going to, and it could take some time, you're committing to taking a step back potentially in their mind. So, and I'm fine with that personally. I don't think you have to, if you've got left tackle, right tackle, two receivers, a tight end who ideally comes back. I don't, you're not starting over as a franchise, like some of these other teams are. You know, if you've got weapons and you've got uh, some some offensive line pillars here, you shouldn't just, oh, we're going to, I mean, dude, they went 500 basically with non-Kirk Cousins quarterbacks. So it's not like they have no infrastructure to put a rookie in. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I think that a defensive first round top 10 pick in their mind who can plug and play might be, might be in their opinion, the better option just to be very clear. I would like to see them draft a quarterback top 10. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, buzz through a few more Vikings fans here on Vikings event line. Who do we got next? Uh, let's go to, is it Karuna? Karuna. Yep. What's Karuna, up, Karuna? What's up, Hello. Yeah. Calling from uh, Northern Virginia. A lot right of on. Vikings fans down here, actually. Yeah. We've kind of, uh, we've kind of heard that Virginia is like a weird hotbed for Vikings fans. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a Vikings bar that everyone shows up to every Sunday for the games. It's a good, good, good turnout. Love it, man. So, what do you think? Are you are you keyed in on the game tonight, or more big picture? What are your thoughts? I was keyed. I wanted to win the game. I was excited for Jaron Hall. Disappointed that he didn't play well, but I'm thinking KOC didn't give him a chance to play well. With what like you guys have talked about all weekend the past couple of weeks just run the ball on like on the first drive my biggest take was it was third and one and they I think they ran a pass and said I, I just said run the ball yeah and there was a couple third and shorts like third third and like four yards and short they always pass it's yeah and, and I get like in and happy new year to you and all the Vikings fans in Virginia and I get that the game flow dictated that you should probably pass a lot when you're down by three touchdowns but again like twice as many pass attempts as rushing attempts and if you take away the three rushing attempts by Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall where they were scrambling those are called pass plays it was actually 35 plus the four sacks so it's 39 called pass plays versus four uh, 13 runs in that game and you're behind so i get some of it right you're getting blown out yep but still uh all right who do we got next year let's go to shannon next year on Ventline. shannon what's up man hey so yeah i don't know when the game started and kirk was up there i was ready to run through a wall i'm like we're at home <laughs> game give me the vikings by 17 points you know <laughs> you're lucky i didn't have any apps on my phone to start making some bets because i was all in <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, just fell flat. I mean, you guys are talking about the draft, but, you know, we're the Vikings, right? So, like, we're going to win. We're not going to help our draft position. And all those other things are going to happen. We won't, Or, you know, think like an optimist. Wouldn't this be the way that the Vikings would win a Super Bowl? Like, in the wow. most Viking way possible, where, you know, all year you don't even know if you should watch or turn the game on. And next thing you know, they're back in their way into the worst thing you've ever seen. And that feels like a fun off-season episode of like what what will it look like when they eventually do win a Super Bowl? Will yeah, they... I mean, who? Yeah, what trophy are you going to hang for that one? Right, if it was something like this, but that would be the way we'd do it, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's so, yeah. Thank you, Shannon, and, and happy New Year to you. It's hard to even envision what a Vikings championship run would look like. What form it would take? Would it be dominance? Would it be defense? Backing in through road games, like Shannon's saying, with backup quarterbacks. I don't know. Yeah, I if, I think once you start to make a run, though, like it, you wouldn't object to it too much, right? Like like you win a playoff game, and then you win another playoff game, and you're probably like, okay, this is pretty cool now. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think he's saying people would object to it. It would just he's but saying he said that- it'd be u- ugly, which I don't disagree with. But I'm saying I think you would just be like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, no, I don't think we beggars can't be choosers. No. at this point, sixty plus years in, let's keep it nope. rocking here on Vikings Ventline. Let's go to Steven next. Hey, Steven, what's up, buddy? Hey guys, a big fan of the show. I'm calling from Rockford, Illinois. I've been following you guys since the kind of the tail end of the Zimmer days, beginning of 2021 season. All the way up until now, since then, I moved from the Bay Area where they have the Niners, you know, a lot more competent of a team, over to Illinois, Bears territory. So a lot less, you know, smack talking on the Vikings. But um, just looking at this game, I um, as soon as kind of the Lions and Bengals games ended and the start of this game, when, when it really crystallized, I just had the feeling like, we really shouldn't be a team trying to back into the playoffs because the way that we failed to close out those two games against the Bengals and the Lions, and they just came out anemic against our arch rival, the Packers, who we've been a bigger rival of than the Bears. It's just unacceptable. And and just seeing Kirk's facial expressions as the game unfolded, and I put this in the chat, it's just not a pretty way to end the year. And um, before I get into the long term picture. I just wanted to read a big ex- a little bit of an excerpt that was uh, kind of demonstrating Mackey's point on, on the quarterback decision that we should make. So this was uh, written by someone from the Purple Insider. And here's what they have to say. The Vikings' decision regarding Cousins should be made completely independent of what we have seen from the backups over the last six weeks. Their goal isn't to have a better quarterback play than Dobbs and Mullins. It's to build a Super Bowl champion. How many teams chase competent quarterback play and get stuck in the middle? How about the New Orleans Saints, who went all in on Derek Carr because they grew tired of watching Andy Dalton and James Winston? The Browns sold their soul for Deshaun Watson because Baker Mayfield didn't work out. And the Giants extended Daniel Jones because he won a playoff game and was better than most backups. When it comes to the recent history of teams moving on from their quarterbacks, there are more hits than misses. The Eagles were criticized for drafting Jalen Hurts when they still had Carson Wentz. The Raiders were better off parting ways with Derek Carr. Seattle made the right choice in moving on from Russell Wilson. The 49ers made the right call letting Jimmy Garoppolo walk. The Packers did the right thing with Aaron Rodgers. The Falcons picked the correct time to trade Matt Ryan. Going back a few years, the Chiefs' Alex Smith to Mahomes transition worked out pretty well, as did Buffalo going from Tyrod Taylor to Josh Allen and Baltimore letting go of Joe Flacco for Lamar Jackson. So, you know, with that being said, I think, like, everybody after this game, we have clarity. Like, we finally have clarity. We know that we need Kirk Cousins to win games, like, right now, to be competitive right now. Nobody's questioning that. But I think, like, we got to think – Long-term, the best move, what I think, is you get Kirk Cousins on hopefully what will be a cheaper deal than what he would have initially gotten. And then you build through the draft through a guy like Penix Jr., McCarthy, um, Bo Nix, whoever you get in the draft. 
And like, it just goes back to the last question for you guys, you know, Judd, Declan, Mackie, like what's the question is, do we want to continue backing our way into the playoffs? Because we had our 13 win season and we were nowhere near winning the entire thing. We lost to a team that got absolutely rolled by the Eagles. And then, um, so do we want to be that team or do we want to fulfill the mission statement of this show and many other uh, shows, which is to win a Super Bowl before we die? Yeah, Steven, thank you. Happy New Year. And to his point, I think the ownership of the team, like the Will family, is is more obsessed with avoiding a really bad season than they are taking an actual shot on something bigger than nine wins, ten wins. They are paralyzed by the fear of a three-win season. And by the way, like drafting a quarterback and missing on that quarterback doesn't guarantee you're going to go into because people bring up like the Browns and the Lions. Be careful what you wish for the Jets. Unless you think the Vikings are one of the most incompetently run organizations in football. I don't believe that they can withstand to whiff on a quarterback. They whiffed on Ponder. They were right back in the mix. Like, okay, boom, one year, take a step back on to the next boom, 11 wins, Teddy Bridgewater. Two years later, your NFC championship game, right? Like, Let's stop living, Wilfs fans, stop living in fear of, well, what if, what if this goes wrong? What if we move off Kirk? What if we whiff out? What if it's the next Christian Ponder? Everything is going to be fine if you whiff on another quarterback. My actual hope now, though, is that O'Connell is not paralyzed by the same fear. That's what I'm, that's what I'm curious about. Like, that's the most important thing. And by by the way, as I've continued to say, if you don't think that O'Connell can draft the, the successor to Kirk, then why is he here? Like the whole reason to get him was because he should be able to develop a quarterback. So like if you're now like, well, I mean, that's a dangerous thing. Well, then he shouldn't be coach. And and I don't believe that. So, yeah, this is the Wilfs thing is this backwards because you watch the, you know, the Giants, right? Wildcard team. Eli took them through and it's like, oh, well, if you just get in the tournament, that's their thing. Get in the tournament. Well, OK, that's can be somewhat true. Um, but I think it also stops you from making moves that can make your team really solid and open up a window completely. That's my thing with this this franchise. Far too often, you guys, part of my problem is I don't feel like they ever really thrust the window open all the way because it's always, you know, well, it's open a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, but how do we get it all the way for, for like a two, two, three, three-year period? Because this is football. It goes fast. But how do we get that sucker all the way open for two to three years to give yourself that chance to make a run. And, and it's not like, can we sneak in? We're talking about number one seed. We're talking about that type of team. All right, Dex, who do we got next? New Year's Eve vent line. Let's go to Sam in Milwaukee. What's up, Sam? Hey guys. Gentlemen, thanks for having Cheers, me. Cheers, Sam. A little before Thank you, I dialogue Sam. there. Appreciate you. Yeah. Um, got to thank you on the recommendation for a, uh, Stopping at Surly, actually made it out here for the game. Um, got to stay within walking distance. So, hell of a night for a fan appreciation. And we'll go ahead and put that out there on the field. Um, they're now horrendously 0-2 in games that I've gotten to attend in person. But my uh, my wife's a Packers fan, so at least one of us has had a good time. Um, no, other than that, mostly just what I have. Uh, thanks for the recommendations. Yeah, make sure to bring some of that before I dive back home. because. Doesn't make it to Wisconsin. Um, love U.S. Bank Stadium. Haven't been to a game since the Metrodome was still up and I was a baby. So it was great getting to see. Um, kind of wish I didn't sit in a section that was like 90% Packers fans. 
for a Vikings home game, but yeah, I think I think a lot of Vikings fans decided to uh, make a couple bucks off their tickets for that game tonight. To be fair, I had gotten the tickets before Kirk's Achilles popped, so I thought it was going to be a much more entertaining game. But it was one of those you spent the whole weekend kind of convincing yourself, like it'd be cool if they win, it'd be cool if they lost, because the draft is better, and you just kind of don't expect to see them get their teeth kicked in, but. Um, anyway, happy new year. Thanks for the recommendations. Had a great time and yeah. hope to see you guys again. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate the kind words. There's an, another discussion at some point too, about the Packers hitting on a third straight franchise quarterback. I'm not saying they've hit on a third hall of famer necessarily, but Jordan loves a lot better than he was back in September, October. That dude can play a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. He, um, he's an interesting cat to watch in person. Sometimes he makes throws, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty impressive. And sometimes he makes throws, and I'm like, what's he looking at there? Yeah, throws he's definitely not Aaron Rodgers in his prime yet. No, but no, but I'm just bit. curious, does that get cleaned up, or is that sort of um, a wildness thing? That that I don't know. But Chris Collinsworth loved it tonight. Oh, man. Of course he did. Here's a guy. He even, he even called up the Brett Favre, like the jump pass film. He brought some Brett Favre, like late nineties really? footage. Yeah, here's a guy. Oh, oh my God. Mike, uh, sometimes I just sit here oh, and I just touch myself when I watch Jordan Love play football. How about the tuxedos? It's a good look. Yeah, the bow ties. Yep. Oh, I'm not ripping it. I'm saying, how about That's that? Good. Classy. Um, who do we got next here on Vikings Vent Line New Year's Eve edition? Yeah, a couple. Couple more left. We'll go to Brian here. What's up, Brian? What's up, fellas? Love the show. Happy New Year's. Uh, wanted to give a shout out to the best football podcast in America. That's not even a debate. Um, but I wanted to say Thank I you. agree 100% with Judd. This team quit tonight. You, The effort was not there. The defensive line, they're NFL football players. I get it. They're depleted a little bit, but they're giving up eight, nine, ten yards of carry. Where was Daniel Hunter on the pass rush? He, how many pressures did he even end up with? Every pass rush I saw him, it was he was standing straight up. He just didn't look like he had the energy, didn't look like he had any fight in him. And then it goes to fundamentals that I saw on the back end. The cornerbacks on every pass play, they're looking at Jordan Love losing track of their guy almost. And it wasn't the, the backups, Evans, and but it was Metellus. It was... Um, by them, it was the the key players that were relying on in the secondary, and they're just losing their fundamentals watching Jordan Love instead of watching their guy. And um, you know, it was just a pathetic performance. And I agree one hundred percent with Judd that this team just looked like they lost uh, lost their their I don't know their effort. And uh, it, to me, it looked like they quit. And um, kind of to touch on on one of the other guys with the run game and kind of what you guys talked about earlier. I think it was like. 10 nothing. still it was still a good game and they had a, a first and five and they tried running at one time and then they went to like two deep passes right after that both incomplete and with a rookie quarterback you don't try to establish any sort of run game so it's just yeah. I think kind of accumulation of, of a lot of situations here uh, issues here but I I like to hear you guys' input again on you know because maybe later in the week but I think yeah 100% that that this team gave up. Um, oh, one last thing that I've just noticed kind of throughout the year um, is the play of Christian Derisaw. I just, he's been giving up pressure, been giving up sacks, more, way more than, than what he has been. And so I just don't know what's going on with that. But 
Um, love the show. Huge shout out. Gotta gotta show my my boy Brian James. Brian little James, little buddy here. But um, you know we 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 love the show, so I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Awesome, Thanks, man. Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thank and you. we and we had the the quitting debate at the beginning of the show. For anyone who missed, definitely go back and, and listen to that. But on the running the ball front, and I get like okay, you're down. You're down 10 right away. You're down. It, it was a game flow issue, but even Detroit if it wasn't, worse. like, that's that, that's probably the biggest thing that bothers me about this offense is they don't have the gear to just flatten someone in a game. Like, they don't. All the best teams in the NFL, the Niners, even the Cowboys, This is the Vikings are the most finesse, wannabe good team in the NFL. And if you want to get to the actual next level, unless you're – Peyton Manning early 2000s offenses or greatest show on turf Rams and you can finesse your way you know by just putting up 400 passing yards I'm sorry that's not you've got to run the ball better than they have some of it's a running back issue some of it might be just guys up front aren't great run blockers but I think Kevin would rather call passes than runs I think that's at the core of it don't you think absolutely yeah I mean he doesn't want to be in second and seven and it's like, okay, dude, but it, here's what I don't get. And, and here's what I would, what makes no sense to me. And this is a thousand percent true of Jefferson and Addison can be thrown in this discussion as well. Okay. You put a priority, especially on Justin, getting him the football, giving him chances. You should. We've talked about that for ages. Nothing drove me crazier than the old days when they'd be like, well, Jefferson's covered. I can't get him the ball. But the thing about it is, why don't you find more ways creatively to get him the ball? Like, he's a great athlete. He doesn't need to catch the ball 20 yards down the field to get 40 yards. That's what I don't understand is why, why haven't you been more creative and finding ways like I don't care if Jefferson it's great if he catches a bomb that's awesome if he scores a touchdown that's awesome but if he catches a five-yard pass a slant right well every once in a while he's going to break it because he's just that good that's what I don't so I, I guess I've pivoted from being very tired of well they rolled coverage nothing we can do to now it's like well that's the only way we're going to try and get get him the ball and 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 again what would Kyle Shanahan do? Would Kyle Shanahan look at Justin Jefferson and be like, well, if, if I can't get him the ball on my terms, it's over. No. He'd say, we're going to find ways to get him the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're going to let uh, Gabriel wrap it in just a second here. But uh, coming up on February 3rd, that's a Saturday, the 34th annual Brainerd JC's Ice Fishing Extravaganza. That's right. Football. Ice fishing. You think of ice fishing, you think of sports, Dad. No question about it, don't you? I think, I think of Judd right away when I think of ice fishing, for sure. Saturday, February 3rd on Gull Lake's Hole in the Day Bay. Over $250,000 in prizes. So if you feel like you're pretty good at ice fishing, or if you're interested in $250,000 in prizes, go to icefishing.org to purchase tickets for just $50. So icefishing.org or any of the 49 fleet farm locations, across Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, North Dakota, uh, and also at official extravaganza outlets with a full list you can find, again, at icefishing.org, the 34th annual Brainerd JC's Ice Fishing Extravaganza, over $250,000 in prizes. All right. Gabriel is going to wrap it here for us on this New Year's Eve edition of Vikings Ventline. Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Hey, man. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy new year to you. Just want to say, you know, I really appreciate your guys' show. I watch Purple Daily every single day. Uh, Purple Daily on draft <clears throat> as often as I can. I love hearing the breakdowns with Forno and 
and uh, Dax and Miles just about kind of what's going on in the draft world. Um, and that being said, I kind of wanted to ask you guys a question, and the quarterback question is going to be talked about, obviously, extensively over the next few months. Um, but I've heard Judd make this point several times, and that's that he was under the impression that it seemed that when Dobbs came in, that KOC had a he, – he was excited to have a guy that was a little more mobile, could use his legs to extend plays and things of that nature. But it's kind of very clear, at least over the last few weeks, having Mullins in there, today having Hall in there, that he doesn't exactly – he was very determined to fit a square peg in a round hole. You know, and I understand that you're not going to toss out your whole playbook um, just because your starter's injured, right? You're going to try and stick within your scheme and all those kinds of things. But he didn't seem to utilize the strengths of Dobbs or Hall, who are more on the mobile side, right? And so I guess my question to you guys, the league being what it is today, and not necessarily needing a running quarterback, but you're going to win a lot more games than you're going to lose them. When you have a quarterback that's able to extend plays, get out of the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, right? So my question is, do you guys really think that KOC wants a mobile quarterback or is a guy like Kirk really what he's looking for? If he looks in the draft, you know, makes his assessments of quarterbacks, and identifies a guy that maybe might be a little more in the range of a Kirk Cousins versus a guy that might be a little more mobile. Do you think he would go that route? Because if he did, I think it'd be a major mistake. It's Yeah, it's interesting, man. Gabriel, thanks for coming on, and Happy New Year to you. Because the Vikings are going to have a shot, for instance, at like a Jaden Daniels from LSU, right? Yeah, probably. Or would Kevin O'Connell rather have a more traditional sort of, in a sense, not that Jaden Daniels can't make throws too, but yeah, right. we don't. But we don't know. Here's my question now, I guess, because I was I've been unpleasantly surprised at the lack of adapting. But I guess my question is this: Is lack of adapting an in-season thing? Like, and and if he was going to draft a quarterback like Daniels, would he retool his because you know then you'd have months to redo things right and and rethink things um and you would also have a guy that you perceive to be your starting quarterback going forward so i guess i'm not going to give up on the fact that i think o'connell is smart enough and and is developing hopefully into a good enough coach that this might have also been a blip of i lost my starter this is how i do things this year um i do find it disturbing that dobbs the less he knew about the system actually was more successful and the more that he got into what o'connell thought he he was teaching him it became worse and i'll i'll always go back to do you guys remember the first half of the saints game when um when dobbs ran for that touchdown it was that sort of miraculous play Mm -hmm. and he did have a guy in the end zone but he didn't throw it which i was fine with and he and he ran for a touchdown it was a really nice play and o'connell they showed him he he was mic'd up on the sideline and he was like sort of like smirking and laughing but you could tell it wasn't like this was the greatest thing i've seen it's like okay we got that done it was at that point i'm like 
I wonder how he felt about that. And I think we now know that he didn't love the fact that Dobbs did not run that play as he saw fit. Yeah, so, he, but, didn't, he didn't hit the open receiver. Yeah, and he, but he, again, yeah. if you have months now and like, let's say you take a Daniels type of QB and now you have months to retool things, does that change you? Like, I'm, I'm not going I'm not going to sit here yet and say Kevin O'Connell doesn't get it. Kevin O'Connell should be fired. Like, I, I want to give him an opportunity with what he perceives to be his next starting quarterback um, to change things. I'm yeah. just a little bit taken aback by what I've seen with three guys who clearly were not in the Kirk Cousins talent bin and or able to do the same things that Kirk could, could do. And, and that includes Mullins who at the very best is an absolutely poor, poor man's Brett Favre. Uh, a very much of diet, 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 Brett Favre. And, you know, yeah. on the Shanahan front, I mean, it's not like I know that Nick Mullen started 16 games under Shanahan. They went five and 11 in those games. So it was like Shanahan squeezes all this right. toothpaste from, from the Brock Purdy tube and Jimmy Garoppolo. He couldn't they couldn't win games with Nick Mullins. So there might just be a certain line of quarterback that whether you're a Shanahan or a KOC over here that you, you need to have. And if we would have had this same conversation right before the Kirk Cousins Achilles injury when the Vikings were torching the Packers at Lambeau Field. So what do you think of KOC, the offense, the connection with Kirk? I think we all would have said glowing things about the system. So how much of this is, boy, KOC can't adapt to non-Kirk Cousins quarterbacks versus well, not many coaches could win games and make an offense click and run with Dobbs. By the way, they scored more points with Dobbs than they did with Kirk Cousins last year or this year in a game. Worth yeah. doing. What I would like to see, though, is I would like to see um, more now that in, that indicates to me that he could clearly work with and wants a quarterback that could run, which I thought before, oh yeah, he take that. And now I'm not sure. So like the question, the question that we were asked, I think is a very fair question. I hope the answer is, well, if it's not a guy like Kirk, I don't want it. Cause that would, that would not be what my expectation was. Yeah. Well, we're going to, we're going to stop here because there's hours and hours of conversations we could have here that we will absolutely have the rest of the week. So the new year here, what's your clock saying? Mine says 28 minutes left. Dex, what is your clock say? 11.33, and I'm not doing the math. Okay. 11.33, 27, 27 Dex, minutes. Dex. I'm at 11. My my Hubbard-issued machine here, 11.36 right now. So I'll make sure we're lined up with Seacrest time, okay? We've got to be lined Hold up. Hold on. Oh, you know correctly. what? My phone my phone says Declan's right. Okay. Good. So we'll Back let you guys uh, go do whatever you want to do in 26 <laughs> or 27 minutes to celebrate the new year. We appreciate you spending a chunkier night with us here on Purple Daily Vikings Vent Line presented by Quick Trip. Mackie, Judd, Declan, we'll see you. Uh, Judd and I are going to hit you with some New Year's Day hottest takes and a pie chart tomorrow. And then they have another game left, and the playoff hopes are still alive. But I think our off-season discussions are going to start very, very soon. <laughs> if not before you want to break down game. Detroit? Will the officials <laughs> screw the Lions again? <laughs> So a happy new year to all of you. Thank you for making Purple Daily what it is. Please click the like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. And uh, we'll see you in 2024.